1: House Lights Down, welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, where I, Emily Anger, get to interview my husband, Jim Anger. How?
0: ho How? Are we
1: starting with that already?
0: <laughs> Christmas story, tis the season.
1: The random voices and the singing and the, I, I don't know, the That's eye-rolling right. things. Um, you started the sermon with a pun, like, with Genesis later. Now, I, I don't know. And I was just thinking, you've become a dad, a bad dad joke guy with puns.
0: I have always been such. So
1: I don't. I kind of beg to glad differ. Glad I'm being
0: seen and noticed I at feel, this stage of our relationship.
1: I feel like you used to be kind of anti-pun.
0: Uh <laughs> So part of being successfully middle-brow is an ironic and elevated use of the pun.
1: And your intro was a. Elevated?
0: No, that that was just opening monologue. That was banter. That wasn't the real intro of the sermon. I was just loosening up the audience. Like, hey, where are you from? Try the veal sort of stuff.
1: Okay, guys. <laughs> I, I guess that was the loosening up part. Um, try the veal. <laughs> There's so many directions to go here, but let's move on. Um, yeah, right. this is a podcast where uh, we get to think about the Sunday sermon and hopefully... It is sinking deeper into our hearts and minds that way. Um, I like certainly veal. need it as we're like moving into, as you said, our tide season. Very My true. My mom of four kids brain is all sorts of directions right now.
0: Yes, that's true. And you have the special challenge of two kids birthdays right at the end of November. So Thanksgiving, two birthdays, then December, here we come.
1: Including this morning, Right, someone's birthday. This was our famous accidentally born in the bathroom birthday baby. <laughs> That's right, the
0: emergency birth. <laughs> it, it never ceases to raise my pulse to think about it. Yeah,
1: how are you feeling uh, 16 years ago on this morning? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a question on everybody's mind. I, I just want people to know that the vast majority of listeners to this podcast, male or female, have never delivered a baby, but I have.
1: Yes, you have. That's right. You did great.
0: Can never take that away from me.
1: <laughs> Should we do the play-by-play? Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a different podcast. Yeah, I can't handle Different it. podcast. Okay, out. let's let's jump in um, to the other part of your introduction, which I, of course, resonated with so much. Mm-hmm. Your um, are you're humming, or or not humming. What's the word?
0: Your representing music with my mouth yeah that yeah no that well that that was in the middle of the sermon baby so that well, the
1: o- opening no did i like peace out for a little bit yes <laughs> what was your opening <laughs>
0: we'll get to it as we follow. This the, was like the you know. I,
1: rem- I actually wrote down that Joanna's confession time was really good. The concept of like having to confess and like God is it the was one really that you can confess to. But my brain really was kind of like all over the place. I had to remind myself. Oh wait, I'm taking notes because I have this podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: the only reason we're doing this podcast, so you could pay attention to my sermons.
1: It was one of my mo- more mind wandering weeks, and it could have been. Related to the, the the scripture passage, which you like later on unpacked as as being particularly difficult to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so remind me again what your These things was. can be
0: true. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and call it Story Monday, baby. The uh, first sermon in our Advent sermon series of the season, we're going to be doing four sermons from the Gospel of Matthew and this was the first one, the genealogy, and it's it's been nice for me, as I was writing the sermon over Thanksgiving week, to transition from the Genesis sermon series, Represence Initiative, had a very specific set of goals for that sermon series, and will continue in Genesis after the holiday. I was actually texted by somebody um, over the Thanksgiving break asking, hey, are we going to finish the... Are we gonna finish Genesis in the sermon series? Sorry, I haven't texted you back yet. uh the person that texted me, but the answer is I think I would be dead before finishing the sermon series based on the pace that we're going right now, so I don't know if we'll actually finish, but it has been fun to shift from Genesis to Advent
1: Confessions of the mind that's what that's what this podcast is for Confessions of the mind <laughs> We'll not get through Genesis. <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> okay. So instead, you have this genealogy in mm-hmm. um in and being ready for advent. what's what's going on in the background for you?
0: So stereotypically, Advent is not a great season for for pastors and church staff and church workers because it's so it's so busy. That's not quite the case for me here at Liberty Collingswood. One of the parts is that, We have a great staff, uh, starting with Eric Mitchell, who is very diligent about getting us prepared for December and for the season of Advent before we're actually in it. So a lot of the heavy lifting for getting Advent off the ground has has already happened. So I'm not one of those pastors, we're not one of those staffs, we're not one of those churches where Advent is just a constant day-by-day and week-by-week scramble. So that creates some space for me to truly want... To be present for the season that we're in. This is the start of the liturgical calendar for the year, and I don't know. I'm feeling a particular burden this year for wanting to be here myself for what I'll be talking about this sermon series, preparing room in my own heart and life for Jesus as we celebrate His return.
1: That's that's good news. That's uh, that's really important. I do always look forward to Advent. To, to be that breather time, it's been a busy fall. Um, Thanksgiving's always busy. And then, even if my brain is going 1,000 miles per hour, um, Advent is a call to something different.
0: Right. And let me turn the tables here just for a second, oh, M, no. and ask you, as either a person or a parent, what are some challenges for you to be present in are the Advent? Are you allowed season? to do this? Turning the tables. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that it's. it's tell me, sh- it's not just pastors. It that is struggle a hard to. It's a hard balance to be the parent of four kids. Um, if they're not listening, I do often tell people that four kids is too many. It's, it's like yeah, an they're exp-
0: they're not listening. It's, it's not <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs>
1: um, it is kind of hard to caretake and try to like take care mentally of all the people that I'm thankful for that I want to express thanks to through advent and then to try to work to create the like magic of christmas for my own kids Mm -hmm. for people who might be visiting for um i i don't know for myself even um and it's just a challenge to personally try to separate that from um what advent is truly the call to the call to silence the call to reflection Mm -hmm. on god's gifts to us
0: yeah (laughs) all of those things are, are are very real One other Calling It Stormy Monday thing that that comes to mind here. Um, I was talking with my dad recently, and this relates to the genealogy of Matthew. So we're straddling the line between Calling It Stormy Monday and Sun Studios, presence of the Lord here. (coughs) One of the great things to me about Christianity is it's not just this abstract system of ideas, but something happened in history, and so Jesus actually came. It's fitting to me that... We celebrate the beginning of the church's liturgical year with what God has done in history in Christ. So we don't start with, or I guess the last Sunday, well, the last Sunday of the year is Christ the King. There is a Trinity Sunday somewhere in the liturgical calendar. I'm sorry that I can't remember where it is. But we don't start with the abstract idea of the Trinity, even though I love the Trinity. I believe that it's true. The main grappling point wrestling point of those that are considering taking steps of faith is whether jesus has come into the world to bring the presence of god near in an abiding way that he was both god and man died and rose again for us and that's also the wrestling point that i encourage people that are taking steps away from faith a lot of good questions that can be raised, but really at the end of the day, do we believe that Jesus is crucified and resurrected or not? So it's in the history books, not just in the world of ideas.
1: Right. Advent. Advent. So it's not just buying Black Friday stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so yesterday was Cyber Monday. Is anything I, Tuesday? Is there a Tuesday? Yeah, the Cyber is this, Monday is sales are Tuesday? still there. Is I've, there still Giving Tuesday? Is that? I
1: haven't it's seen it It's been swallowed. Social. I haven't. <laughs> It's probably people are there's probably somebody who's trying but i i did notice that cyber monday sales were still on it on this morning when i was buying a ps4 game for Micah. Like how fitting is still how worked.
0: fitting is that so the 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 giving tuesday is charlie brown's christmas tree at the charlie brown christmas special compared to the the cybermun the cyber monday black tuesday Week it is consumerism. It's
1: really two weeks because yeah. Anyway, the sales are still on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the that was that. So was that the introduction? What was your introduction? I need a refresher.
0: Oh, so the the intro was about the trope of orphaned royalty.
1: Oh, <laughs> I was kind of listening there. I guess I just didn't take notes on that section. Uh, well, I I'm thought kind was of
0: listening a... within a glass half empty sort of way. It sounds like. <laughs>
1: Um Holland Wolves, you listened to every word, right? <laughs> Maybe I should be fired. Um okay, well let's move on to Sun Studios, Presence of the Lord. And I it it is true that you were comparing Star Wars, um and the, the what did you call it? The scroll, the
0: The Crawl. The,
1: the crawl. Why is it called? Is that your, is that your thing or is that like?
0: No, I. it did occur to me after the sermon, though. It I think it is a fairly typical way. It's that yellow text that scrawls back during the beginning of a Star Wars movie episode, whatever it is. It was a dark time in the Republic sort of thing. But I didn't really define what the crawl was. So for for those that are not full Star Wars aficionados like the person staring at me right now, you may not have known what the crawl was. Maybe that's why you had trouble connecting with the sermon, because I mean, it was I, I a lot that. of Star Wars this content. This was when
1: I was like tuned in, because I was annoyed that you were using <laughs> Star Wars, that you were bold enough to compare Matthew to Star Wars, the Star Wars crawl, which I did assume was the yellow text. Okay. But, Good um, for you. I guess I've walked in enough times onto Star Wars.
0: Right. Um, not your favorite set of references and analogies. Next week is going to be Alabama football them, so you'll you'll have all the bases covered.
1: And then both of you to then not only compare Matthew to Star Wars, but Matthew to Spaceballs.
0: That's right. Covering <laughs> all the bases. So part of the reason that I went into Star Wars and Spaceballs and that sort of thing is that preaching genealogies, it's a fun challenge to me, but still a challenge, like it or not. Matthew begins, and I tried to give enough of an apologetic that I hope that it made sense, but the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, begins with a huge set of names for 17 verses. What do you do with that?
1: Right, and uh, I'm trying to, like, scan through my notes for, like, what I was actually thinking about. Oh, oh, never mind. I am seeing things. Sorry. (laughs) No, I'm talking to myself. Um. Yeah, but like flesh out the your Star Wars since I'm not exactly. I kind of feel like I've I've absorbed it as a human in America. But mm-hmm. um, tell me exactly what you were saying. Jesus is Darth Vader.
0: So a couple of weeks ago, one of the quotes that were left on the one of the quotes that was left on the sermon cutting floor, the killing floor. That's a Howlin Wolf song, Killing Floor Blues among other things. But um wait, no, or is that Albert King? I'd have to go back and check. Maybe both. But anyway, the or maybe Robert Johnson, Fleming Rutledge, another great blues singer and also Old Testament New Testament scholar. Uh, she wrote this great book on the crucifixion that I read a couple of years ago, and at one point she talked about what do we how do we handle the scriptures and she made this comment In interpreting scripture, therefore, we do our best to set aside our own presuppositions insofar as we are able, coming to the text to hear it speaking to us rather than the other way around. And so, to me, this passage is an exercise in hearing the text and letting it speak to us as opposed to the other way around. So from our modern perspective, this is just dumb and boring. Who cares? And we're in a culture where, and you mentioned the four kids of ours, probably none of them, maybe in a school context of doing family trees and stuff, but nobody cares about who our kids' parents are, let alone grandparents and generations going back for a long time. I'm sure they've never had to answer questions about, tell me about your grandparents, great grandparents, etc. But that was hugely important in ancient contexts, including in ancient Israel, so I tried to make a case for why this would have been compelling for ancient readers and should be compelling for us as modern readers, too. It's like the crawl in Star Wars, the fanfare, the Star Wars music-blasting John Williams score, and you need the crawl to set the context and get you excited about what's to come. Hopefully, I was able to drum up a little bit of that and at least some of our congregants this past Sunday.
1: No, I think I got it. I, As much as I make fun of the Star Wars thing, which is, again, totally a tangent, um, I think that I, or I've heard sermons like this about genealogies mm-hmm. to try to put myself in You're a veteran. I am a vet. It's <laughs> not the, so <laughs> to me, it's almost like, what are you, what, what added spin are you putting on the genealogy sermon?
0: Mm-hmm what do you mean by that? Like what's <laughs> ask that question again.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Th- this might be a tangent that's going over. So I will move on. <laughs> so you found it, you, you chose this over other ones because it's important for us to find the place in the story or to, to like sit and meditate on like Jesus as part of, part of like a, an, uh, we're just to compare the genealogy to a setup of star wars where yeah um, the whole of all of the gospel that's going to be laid out in front of us is the redemptive arc of like years and years of history
0: right and so the challenge if if I think I understand the question two questions ago um what do you what are some interesting takeaways from a long set of lists or a long set of names like this in a list. And the way that I've heard genealogies effectively preached is not going name by name. So here's who Abraham was. Here's who Isaac was. Here's who Asaph was. Here's Joram. Here's Uzziah. Here's Jotham. Who's Ahaz. That, that is killer boring. And, you know, sometimes if if the text wants us to go in directions to understand it that modern readers might find boring, then we need to be obedient to the word and go in that direction. Right. But to me, the upshot, even in its original context, was not to do deep dive biographies on all of these different people, but to look for the seams, look for the things that don't fit. So there's the upfront list of names, but what's going on behind the scenes? What are the interpretive choices that Matthew has made to make Jesus truly seem distinctive as he's presented here in the genealogies. And pretty, pretty settled reflection and scholarship throughout the ages on this passage has been a couple of things. One, that these women are mentioned, and they're, they're messy situations. So you have the Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba Oh, man, I think I said on Sunday that Bathsheba was, uh, was a Gentile. She was not a Gentile. I think that was a mistake that I made. In, yeah, uh, we were saying all and of them. Yeah, anyway. no, yeah, no, Bathsheba, I think, was a... Or, oh, man, I forget. Was Bathsheba a Gentile or not? Why are you asking me? Oh, <laughs> mm, okay. Helen Wolves, you should have been all over that if, if you weren't. Messiness. But at messiness. least, yeah, messy, messy pastor. I think I... Oh, anyway, I'll have to go back and check on that. I am not a perfect expositor. So, But I do want to get my details right, so I take seriously when I do make a mistake like that, if that is a mistake. But Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth uh, are Gentiles, and they also—some of them come from messy moral situations. And so right. if if women would be added to a genealogy like this 2,000 years ago, it would have added to the purity and prestige of the line. These women, these women being added specifically— don't do that. Upshot there, I think, is that Jesus' family is messy. And then the other point that I tried to get across was how Matthew takes this formula, the book of the genealogy of, or these are the generations of, and puts it backwards or reverses it. So Jesus is not the beginning of a line with all these descendants listed, but he's the climax of a line with all of his ancestors listed. So it's not that people are coming from Jesus, but everything, and, and you mentioned the language of redemptive arc, the redemptive arc of God's work in history was all moving towards Jesus coming into the world, like Paul says, in the fullness of time.
1: Yep, that's, I, and it's an important, or not important, it is important, but, um, thinking about Advent with Jesus, like some of us are, are um, stuck on just like a baby and the nice story of God's love or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. um, to place it even more, um, concretely in the history of a messy family, the history of God's work throughout time for his people. Um, and, and placing ourselves in the story. I like that, that, um, component too. Um, let's see anything else about this passage that you want to bring out or highlight?
0: I am good to move on okay, to muddying the, muddying the waters.
1: So the things that might have been difficult, I mean, we, you already addressed that it's difficult to have the um, sleep-inducing ge- genealogy, but um, when you were specifically constructing the sermon for our congregation, what were you trying to address?
0: Part of this was trying to align struggles that we might face as modern people with some of the seams or rough edges of the text. And then other parts, I think, come from the text itself. So with the messy lives part— Oh, if none think, of us have messy lives. If, the, uh, if part of the point of Matthew here is to describe the fact that Jesus' family tree is messy, is irregular, whether racially, whether morally, I think that gives us hope that God can be at work in our messy lives. And I think that's something for both seekers, skeptics, and Christians— to, to hear and consider, it's sort of the both-and, where God is at work and life is really messy. So if Matthew begins the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, that's a 3,000-foot view right there where Jesus is fulfilling all of God's ancient promises to David, to Abraham. It sounds really neat and tidy, but then you get into the genealogy and you have all of this crazy, messy stories that are alluded to. Our lives are crazy and messy to varying degrees. God's at work there as well.
1: Speak for yourself. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So I will.
0: And and then the other part was addressing, and, and this is where I brought more of a context to the text. What I tell young preachers is when you have a Bible text, you see the con if you can picture the the content of a text as a contour, it's okay sometimes to bring modern contexts to the text to be addressed by it, as long the as text. the contours match up and the puzzle pieces seem to fit together, okay. So if Christmas is a sad season, I'm gonna be writing a blog post this week about that very thing, letters to you on the Liberty Collingswood website. If Christmas, especially, is a sad season and we struggle with the meagreness of our lives, how does the the story and the reality of Jesus as King meet us in our meagerness?
1: Sure, and I I, I see that um, that call for you or for your call to um, extend to others and and trying to be agents of mercy to other people. That seems um that seems relevant to this context, to our culture and our materialism, as I talked about Black Friday. And yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting things to think about.
0: Right. So that was that was the that was the Luther <clears throat> quote. I think you heard me say I'm on Sunday that great quote from Martin Luther commenting on this passage. Martin Luther, 16th century church leader. Christ is the kind of person who is not ashamed of sinners. In fact, he even puts them in his family tree. So Luther had a had a way with words. That was one of the instances of it. But then Luther goes on to talk about Christian mission in the sense of, of this family tree, which is not always what somebody like, you know, Martin Luther, you think about how he reformed the church, you think about how he wrote lots of different theological things. But woven into the fabric of the biblical story and Christian theology at its best around the world is that the mission of God is always front and center. Luther goes on to say, now if the Lord does that here, i.e. has a messy family tree, so we ought to despise no one but put ourselves right in the middle of sinners and 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 help them. So the messiness of Jesus' family tree should give comfort to us in our messy lives, and then that's also a call for us to pursue messy lives, messy situations, messy people, with the hope of the gospel. So that that's mission right there,
1: right? And that hope of the gospel is your one of your last points the Emmanuel, um, that Jesus yeah. is with us. That Jesus, that's the celebration that we're we're doing. We're doing all the 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 stuff, all the things, and the stuff. It's really um, out of a recogni- a recognition that um, Jesus is that God with us who is present with us right Um, i don't know easy to get lost but that's the central part
0: correct and then muddying the waters once more um different church leaders different pastors are are woven differently made differently so i don't particularly struggle with preaching during during christmas you'll hear some preachers talk about like especially veteran preachers that have been doing it for a lot of years saying like i'm there are no bullets left in the chamber. There are no arrows left in the quiver. I have said everything that I can possibly think of to say about Jesus, about the Christmas season, and it's just painful to have to generate new content that differentiates itself even a little bit. from Do pastors from really old say content. that? What
1: else do pastors say when they get oh. together? Uh, yes. I,
0: I did say that we're going to expand our podcast feed uh, of different offerings. Maybe, maybe maybe Pastors After Dark could be another one. That's uh, so compla-
1: Complaining and smoking pipes.
0: Right. Yeah. That'll be our podcast offering on the dark web. So look for that uh, for those of you that are there. I don't particularly struggle. <laughs> so, Em, you won't be shocked to hear this. I I don't struggle with like what to say <laughs> with content generation as somebody that is is a blabbermouth but I do struggle and maybe this is another species of the same genre with how to give distinctive applications advent after advent after advent and I'm not sure I solved it or hit the target this Sunday but I wanted to tell people that you should make Advent different this year. Sure. And that that assumes that in a lot of cases, and I think in, in a lot of cases, it's true that in our congregation, people have celebrated Advent before, so it's not a completely new concept to everybody in the room or everybody listening. It's so easy to fall into old patterns when it comes to Advent, uh, whether it's patterns of consumerism, presence getting caught up in all of that stuff maybe it's old patterns of family dysfunction maybe it's old patterns of sadness maybe it's old patterns of addiction and yes unless jesus comes back there are going to be more advent seasons after this but how do we make this one distinctive and real and actually do more in terms of generosity and do more in terms of mission than we've done in previous years i don't know how to do that myself in every possible way, but I can at least throw it out to all of us and say, let's do it.
1: Sure, it's a mud- the muddying the waters aspect. This is the context you're engaging. We have these bents towards selfishness and um, a need to make things different, a need, th- a need to make Advent different. Yeah,
0: so maybe that would be a nice question for our Howlin' Wolves. <laughs> Write into us and say how you are trying to make this Advent distinctive and different from other ones.
1: How are you trying to make this Advent distinctive and different?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. We will return to that in subsequent weeks.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, we shall see. Uh, let's move on to bar band cover tunes. I accidentally stumbled across the Luther one mm-hmm. and the Star Wars one and the Spaceballs one. Have you seen Spaceballs? No, but I've heard you talk about it enough.
0: Yeah. So maybe in a, maybe in a podcast I've said that I don't recommend it. Fully, just just because I watched it a year or two ago with our boys, and it that it's one of those
1: the things that Jim does. When, when you watch older movies, the
0: one of the main differences you see is pacing. So, movies for better or for worse, mostly for worse, are so much more quickly paced than they used to be. Spaceballs is for a worse. Slow, <laughs> that is absolutely for worse. <laughs> so, Spaceballs is a comedy that just has a lot of. Awesome highs, but a lot of boring stretches woven in. But, Em, if we're talking about Star Wars and Spaceballs for bar band cover tunes, it was the Spaceballs reference that came first. And then I built all the Star Wars stuff around that and not vice versa. (laughs) So the opening scene of Spaceballs has this comically long spaceship that just takes forever to fly through the screen. Maybe people thought that way. About when your it comes genealogy. to Matthew genealogy when I was reading it through or about the sermon itself. I have no illusions about quality of preaching over here at Post-Sunday Blues of Preaching Postmortem. But then I realized, hey, th- there there was a word in the commentary talking about treating Matthew's genealogy as an introductory fanfare. And it was the word fanfare that made me think. Star Wars. Hey, Star Wars has fanfare. <laughs> and I'm already talking about Spaceballs. What if it could be a both and? So You're I was amazing. quite this... pleased with it, with being able to. And, and then you have the, the lost, the orphaned royalty with Luke and staring at the two sons and Tatooine. Love it.
1: Love it. Allen Wolves. This is this is what goes on in the brain of, of <laughs> Jim Anger. That's what we're here for, I guess. It was fun. Spaceballs, two to Bible commentary to Star Wars. It was good for me. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> <Look. laughs> anyway, uh, more quotes. I don't, I have... There actually uh, wasn't a whole lot of going Bob, on here. Not Great Bob Magic 8-Ball, but I don't even know what you were referencing there. The I Not Great Bob
0: that. is Mad Men when uh, the character played by something? Vincent Kartheiser has asked spoil. how conversation went uh, by Bob. and Horrible... Things went horribly for, oh, I'm blanking out on the character that Vincent Carthage plays, but how'd it go? Not great, Bob.
1: I was going to bring the Magic 8-Ball, Jesse's Magic 8-Ball, into this room and and have you ask a question. I didn't. Oh, no. that, maybe next time. Maybe a previous week. And, <laughs>
0: and in real time, did you catch the Hamilton reference?
1: Yeah, I did. I also wrote, uh, is that really the right equivalent? like buy buy less give more talk less smile more i don't i if i don't think you understand talk less smile more because you haven't actually seen the play but
0: well i don't i mean i don't do that not
1: actually it's not actually like promoting that as a concept so buying less and giving more is like a positive thing but in the hamilton talking less smile more is a bad thing
0: right So it was only free word association. I was not trying to draw any line of continuity of content between those two things. I was just trying to get people to perk up to see if they were listening. And they were. I guess. Did people laugh? I don't think so. Okay.
1: I don't think Jesse noticed.
0: Okay. There there was a great line in Succession a couple of weeks ago where there's this gathering of uh, super, super rich hyper conservative people and one of the comments made by somebody in the room is this is a safe space where you don't have to pretend that you liked hamilton (laughs) but i actually do like hamilton yeah i've seen i've I've seen the was it netflix or disney plus it had the i like it i'm
1: pro hamilton (laughs) come on um the last reference i can think of is that you did reference this podcast did I? By saying House Lights Down. Oh, that's the right. Star, the Star Wars movie. Yep. I was like, oh, that's so meta. And
0: that that was an ad lib. That, that was not written into the script ahead of time. So <laughs> it just had podcast on my mind. Or maybe it was when so. like, when Luke turned off the targeting computer and just used the force to yeah, go in that Yeah, you direction. lost me that way. Okay.
1: Um. Is that all? That's all. Can we move on to Guitar slim begins. Yes. Any leftovers? Any trivia?
0: Well, speaking it's of Star fun. Wars maybe it'll become a regular thing where I just start singing during the during the sermon. So you have tropes out there that the cussing preacher, I don't want to be a cussing preacher, but maybe I could be the singing preacher. I think our kids have given come. up
1: on you. They've just like given up even commenting. I, I'm, I'm God,
0: yeah. They're just like, it's,
1: that's part of their like, I really need to leave this house and live somewhere else.
0: It's my scorched earth dad joke nihilism that is winning the day at Casa Anger. So right. Was singing the Star Wars fanfare, Helen Wolves, feel free to write in if you if you enjoyed the the serenade and would want more. It was also fun. And this was the the illustration of the illustration when I talked about Doris during my first sermon, talking about how she was
1: Complaining out
0: loud in real time during a sermon that I was preaching. She had some dementia going on.
1: He's speaking
0: so long, I can't believe it. Yeah. And then ten minutes later,
1: why is he still talking? (laughs) That would be Clara if she wasn't in Liberty Kids, she probably would be like, Why is dad singing?
0: Right. I I didn't say in the sermon that the other part of that with Doris was my older sister Elise was in the room, <laughs> and so Elise started giving Doris a back massage. She was sitting. She she moved moved to one pew behind, and started rubbing Doris's back to reassure her <laughs> that the sky was going to be not okay. Falling. So preaching this horrible sermon that's way too long without having the skill set yet to cut my sermon down to trim it in real time. There's my sister massaging doris who's shouting at me during the sermon i just times. thought this is going to be great i wonder this preaching what career.
1: my podcast would have been like after that sermon
0: you weren't there i did send you a cassette recording of it and i asked you what what you thought and your first comment was well it was it was definitely sincere <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean that is a compliment <laughs>
0: Yeah, but then you went on to not compliment a whole lot about the sermon at all, which it deserved. It, it was a horrible <laughs> sermon, and I appreciate the honesty and authenticity.
1: Anything else, dude? Trivia? Something you wish you could redo besides that first summer sermon?
0: There was some sermon title chicanery early on, right before in the opening monologue banter. So going from Genesis now and now and then to, or Genesis then and now to Genesis later. That was probably my favorite. That was a bad pun. That was
1: what I was referencing as. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. Full circle. Bad
1: puns. Um, When did you start doing sermon titles? Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. titles are just not your thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, odd to awkward, uh, you have some Howl and Wolves for us. Yeah, a couple of different things. There was one
0: person who emailed in who asked to be kept anonymous, but this person said, going back to the sermon a couple weeks ago, when I was using the analogy of being in a relationship of love with somebody, you want to listen to the other person, ask questions, to learn about that person, and to know how to do what's pleasing to him or her. Uh, There was one person that wrote in and said that in a relationship that this person was in, one of the, in retrospect, warning signs of the relationship was that this person stopped being asked or pursued about what this person was thinking feeling about life the universe and everything and that was a cruise control laziness that crept in uh, to that relationship on the part of that other person and it makes sense that we don't want to be on cruise control with our relationship with God and get lazy therefore we need to keep diving into the scriptures
1: yeah good stuff yeah both, both with God and others
0: very true, and then we have Colin Wolf Scott writing in once again, and I have it here. Um, great podcast, at always. TPSB is actually how Scott's cha- new baby, and I have been spending our Wednesday mornings together for the past three weeks. Oh, that is scary. And then start him young. I love it. <laughs> Scott, I am all, stop it. All in favor of that. <laughs> stop. We, we need some TPSB merch. Can can we get like a like a onesie? Uh post Sunday blues onesie with a with a coffee cup and mug with a double mug, coffee cup and anger.
1: Okay. Scott, don't feed your baby how coffee. About, don't wear post Sunday blues marks. How about
0: one onesies of all sizes? So it, it could be matching infant and adult TPSB onesies. That's gonna catch on.
1: Start playing your baby classical music.
0: <sighs> what is that? Baby Einstein. It, w- it was proven not to work. It doesn't need to be
1: Baby Einstein. You just play them classical music. No,
0: but there was a fad with like playing classical music to babies to grow their brain, and it was found to be found to be false. It was all a dirty lie. So anyway, I, especially being the nerd that I am, enjoyed the part of your discussion of your book on the aseity of God and the nature of revelation going back to last week. Maybe this you is something do need a nerd podcast. I've thought a lot about, especially with my interaction with Latter-day Saints, since they do not believe that God is ascetic i.e. he's dependent upon other beings and structures for existence. The common apologetic from Latter-day Saints for their current prophets is, isn't it so comforting that God speaks to us still today? He's been reflecting on such things. So I'll say briefly, it was news to me that in the Church of the Latter-day Saints, Scott, that God is not self-contained and not a being of a deity. And I would, without alienating too many other listeners, maybe a nerd podcast at, at some point or another. We'll see how the podcast feed is is, is built up. To me, if you lose sayity, you lose revelation. And if I'm conditioned by people that I'm trying to listen to, how do I know that I'm not just listening to myself in the process? So yeah, that was kind of kind of interesting for me to hear that. And then Scott also said, I have started to refer to the podcast to my wife in the same way Jim does by saying postandyblues@gmail.com. Uh, oh, s- and is Scott, so scary. I would only Scott I, w- Scott I would only respond that I don't know what you're talking about and I believe that I say our email address normally.
1: Helen Wolves, that was uh it is a great it's great to hear from people. Um you can write in like Jim said to That's
0: true. com.
1: <laughs> okay. Um Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy, happy Christmas and Advent. Um, let's pray for each other as we, as we try to make Advent different this year um, to think about ways to honor and reflect the Emmanuel God with us. And with that, how was it?
0: That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. Production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org No more post Sunday blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. Uh, what do you uh, do? You have any thoughts or any questions
1: about anything? I thought that was the point of this podcast. <laughs> I was supposed to like ask my question.